This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Jacksonville, the Ravens lead the Jaguars 10-0 early in the third quarter. Ravens are 10-3, enter the day as the number one seed in the AFC. The Jaguars currently leading the AFC South, their record 8-5, which right now would put them as the fourth seed in the playoffs. If they win the division, of course, they could fall no lower than fourth. It's a playoff picture that once again will not include either the Jets or the Giants. The Giants still mathematically alive, but mathematically is the operative word there. The Jets officially eliminated and in grand fashion, or not so grand fashion, in their 30 to nothing loss to the Dolphins in Miami. The Jets in this game, 103 total yards of offense. Miami only needed 290 total yards to shut the Jets out 30 to nothing. Here's Jets head coach Robert Sala on being shut out. Credit to them. I thought they obviously won the battle up front and uh, right from the get just made it hard on us to be able to, to get anything going, both run game and in the passing. And so, of course, for the 13th consecutive season, the NFL playoffs will not be inclusive of the New York Jets. Second straight year that Sauce Gardner has missed out. Here are his thoughts on missing the playoffs. It was definitely frustrating. I mean, beginning of the season, that was what we wanted to do. We wanted to be able to compete in the playoffs. I don't know what to say for real. I mean. It's so funny. You know, Alan Hahn, who we had on last hour, spoke about hard knocks, which, as it turns out, was unquestionably the high point of this Jets season. And you remember that scene? It was one of the first scenes, I think the opening scene of one of the episodes, where they had that mentalist come in to – speak with the team and run some mind tricks on the team. And I forget who the player was that it might've been me Cole Hardman. Who's no longer on the team, which is funny, but I forget, I think it was him, but whoever the player was that he called up to the front of the auditorium and asked him to predict who would win the Super Bowl. And the player said the jets, of course. And then he said, who do you think the jets will play in the Super Bowl? And he said the 49ers. And at the time, you know, we thought that was great because that was not out of the realm of possibility that the Jets and the 49ers would face off in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. That's where we were as football consumers in New York. That's where Jets fans were as a fan base. In August, weeks before the start of the regular season, the possibility that the Jets would meet and beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl was somewhat realistic and think about how far we are from that scenario now half of that scenario anyway because the 49ers haven't lost since October they beat the Cardinals today 45 to 29 they're 11 and 3 and when healthy they are increasingly looking like the best team in the NFL on the other hand the Jets 5 and 9 and missing out on the playoffs for a 13th consecutive season Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's start off this hour with Josh in Ohio. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Hey, Pat, how are you? I'm good, thanks. What's going on? So I don't think the Jets had any shot to win this game at all going in, but I think they could have been more competitive. I put it on the coaching staff. You look at this defense, they're aggressive up front, extremely injured on the back end. So what did the Jets do? A lot of play action a lot of five-step drops, routes that take a long time to develop against the secondary that you know is beat up in a front end that's going to come after you. And if you look at the second half of that game, 
Ramsey wasn't following Garrett Wilson. He was playing one side of the field. When the Jets started moving Wilson in motion, Ramsey wasn't following him. But that didn't happen until the second half. So I'm just not sure what Salah and the coaching staff, what tape they were looking at to come up with that game plan. Again, I don't think they were going to win the game ever, but they could have at least been somewhat competitive. And that's the frustrating part about this, Josh, and thanks for the call, the lack of competitiveness. And that was the case with the Giants earlier this season before they found a soft spot in their schedule and won three games. But for the Jets, especially coming off last week's game, you're right. The Jets shouldn't beat the Dolphins in Miami, especially the Dolphins who are still fighting for the number one seed in the AFC, coming off a brutal loss last week in which they gave the game away to Tennessee on Monday Night Football. There was very little chance the Jets were going to win that game, but it's the non-competitiveness. But I got to be honest with you. You can say a lot about the coaching staff, and a lot of it is warranted, but the Jets never had a chance in this game because of their offensive line. Zach Wilson dropped back 15 times. He was sacked four before finally leaving for a con- with a concussion in the second quarter. He didn't even make it to halftime. He never had a chance, and they never had a chance. And Zach Wilson has had a lot of moments where he looks like he is not up to the task. Today, the biggest reason for that was the lack of protection from the Jets' offensive line. Now, you could also talk about the play calling, and that's fair. But we've seen that for weeks. That's not surprising. That's not like a new development today that Nathaniel Hackett isn't a wizard with the play calls for the Jets. Nathaniel Hackett, we we said this over and over and over again, and he's probably going to be back next year. So we'll be saying it then also. He's here for one reason and one reason alone, because he's buddies with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with him. The Jets hired Hackett before Rodgers agreed to come to New York. He's only here for that reason. Is he an effective offensive coordinator when Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback? Yeah, historically he has been. But like I said last hour to Allen, who wouldn't be an effective offensive coordinator with a healthy Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback? What you're seeing with Hackett, now that he's had to go this entire season with Zach Wilson, with a small dose of Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon, is that he doesn't elevate the play of a quarterback. He's there because Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with him. When Aaron Rodgers is on the field, it's Aaron Rodgers' offense. It's not, oh, he really looks good in the Nathaniel Hackett offense. There's none of that. So you can, and that's the problem with this Jets team. You can complain about Hackett for one, If you want to move on from Salah, that's totally reasonable. You can complain about that all you want. You can complain about Joe Douglas all you want. But there's two facts here. Number one, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to move on from any of those guys, then they're not moving on from them. And number two, the goal now for the Jets is next season. The goals that were there this season have now been kicked down the road to next season. The goals are get to the playoffs, contend for a division title, maybe contend to get to the Super Bowl. Those are the goals next year with Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback. If those are your goals, and you're going to largely bring back the same defense, and why wouldn't you? The Jets' defense is very, very good. And you're going to bring back your core 
offensive skill players, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. You're going to shore up this offensive line. You're not looking to make wholesale changes in the hierarchy. So I think if Rodgers gets through this injury and gets back on the field healthy and all indications are that's going to happen perhaps as early as like two days from now, if that happens and you can shore up this offensive line because anybody would know that you need to shore up the offensive line, that's got to be priority number one, no question about it, then I think you have to prepare yourself for the likelihood that all three big decision makers, starting with Douglas, then Salah, and then Hackett are going to be back. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense structurally for an organization to make wholesale changes when you feel that you're close to being a playoff team. Put Aaron Rodgers in at quarterback for this entire season. Are the Jets a playoff team? That's the question you have to ask yourself. I don't think it's an easy yes. They're obviously a better team than they are right now. First of all, the AFC turned out to be very competitive. They have a lot of depth there. But if you go through, you know, a lot of people like to do the win-loss, win-loss game at the beginning of the season. But do it towards the end of a season. Go back through games, okay? And put Aaron Rodgers in instead of Zach Wilson. And you tell me if Rodgers could have swung any of those games, all right? You win Buffalo on opening night with all the emotion and the walk-off punt return. You go to Dallas and you lose 30-10. to Rodgers isn't changing that result. Week three, you lose at home to the Patriots 15-10. to That was the game where the fans were booing so loudly in the first half at all the checkdowns and the lack of ability for Zach Wilson to move down the field. One of the fans' teeth actually fell out of his mouth. And he had to catch his teeth. That's how mad Jets fans were at Zach Wilson. If Aaron Rodgers is playing that game, do the Jets win? Yes. So there's one. The next week against the Chiefs. That's a tough one because Wilson played really well in the second half. Outside of last week's game against Houston, the second half against the Chiefs, probably the best that Zach Wilson has ever looked in his career. But the Jets still lost the game, and the game was pretty much sealed on a mistake by Zach Wilson. When he took his eye off a snap, fumbled it, and the Jets lost the ball when they were driving for either a game-tying field goal or a go-ahead touchdown. So the Chiefs one is tough, but let's fast forward. Chargers, you lose 27-6. to That's probably not getting swung by Aaron Rodgers. Raiders, you lose 16-12. to 100%. That's the one. That's the one where this season went off the rails. If Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, on that Sunday night game in Las Vegas where the Jets led for like two and a half quarters and they had a touchdown called back because Zach stepped on the out-of-bounds line before diving in, that's a game that if Rodgers is the quarterback, the Jets win. You get killed in Buffalo, okay, that result stays the same. The Black Friday game against the Dolphins, let's not even touch that one. And then the last one that is appropriate here is the Falcons game 13-8. to And the Falcons are a really, really bad team. The Falcons are a bad team. They lost to the Panthers today. And you can only score eight points against them. So those are three games right there. Three. And I don't think I'm being ultra aggressive here. That if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for the Jets, they would have won those games. What's their record right now? Their record is five and nine. If they won those three games, their record would be eight and six. And where does eight and six put you in the playoff picture? 
in the AFC right now. It doesn't guarantee you a spot. That's what Jets fans have to remember. Eight and six right now. You look at the standings. Cleveland is the first wild card at nine and five. And then you have the Bengals and the Colts and the Texans and the Bills all at eight and six. So four teams for two spots right there. If the Jets had Aaron Rodgers, they're probably in that group right there. Not a slam dunk to make the playoffs, but also not eliminated in week 15 with three games to go. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to John in Westchester. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What's up? I'm well, thank you. Uh, so, I, I just, I don't understand this. This is like changing the answer because the question isn't going to give you the answer you want. I don't see how anybody can say the Jets are good enough with Aaron Rodgers to potentially go to the Super Bowl. Who steps up on the Jets team when... There's nobody that's doing anything on the Jets team. So would they lose seven in a row last year to close out the season? Six. Equally bad this year. And by the way, Rodgers lost a heck of a lot the last year he played at Green Bay. And all of this stuff stems from, speaking to your uh, producer, all of this stems from Brady doing it in, what, 2019. That Tampa Bay team at every position was light years ahead of the Jets. Every position. Brady threw to four. Hall of Fame wide receivers. The defense was remarkable. They mugged Mahomes in the uh, in the Super Bowl. There's no comparison between what that Tampa Bay team is and what the Jets are, and it still took Tampa Bay 12 games to get it together to where they went on the run. I just don't see the logic of saying the Jets are going to go to the Super Bowl because of Rodgers. Only if Rodgers does every conceivable thing he can do. Run the ball, pass the ball, intercept the ball, and everything else. But nobody said that the Jets are going to go to the Super Bowl they without Rodgers. Everybody does. You, nobody you're, you're, nobody, you're, has, said that, nobody has said that since September. Of course not. But they certainly did in August. And where, they, from what? Some did. They Listen, some, some said it in year, August, and I think, that was, I think that was going a little too far. I think a very reasonable expectation for this Jets team would have been to go to the playoffs and contend for the AFC East, maybe win a round or two in the playoffs and see what happens from there. But I, you know what? Normally that would probably be a logical scenario. But your stars were second-year players, and second-year players are notorious for having their slumps. I, I just, again, I just don't say it. The metrics don't add up. My two cents. John, thanks for the call. I think over the long haul of the season, you're selling the Jets defense short when comparing them with the Bucs defense. Now, the Bucs defense in that Super Bowl, can't say anything about it. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. They were in the backfield the entire time. Mahomes was incredible that game with his escapability. But that was, yes, that was a terrific performance by the Tampa Bay defense. But the Chiefs offensive line was in shambles for that game. And they rebuilt the entire thing for next season. And they were on their way back to the Super Bowl before falling apart in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. So for the Buccaneers defense, if you're going to place them far and above where the Jets defense is right now, that's not fair. The Jets defense is terrific. They're a terrific defense. Over the course of a 17-game season, 
They are as good, if not better, than that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. They are a consistent game-in and game-out defense that is playoff caliber that keeps you in games. But with this offensive line, and as a result of that, this quarterback play, they weren't given a chance this season. Now, you want to compare Tampa Bay's offense from that team to the Jets' offense? There's no comparison. There's no comparison. And it's not even about the quarterbacks. All right, but the offensive line, and you're right, the skill position players from Godwin to Evans to Rob Gronkowski to Antonio Brown. I mean, those are four Hall of Fame. Well, Godwin's not a Hall of Fame caliber receiver. Uh, Antonio Brown certainly was at that point. Gronkowski will be a Hall of Famer. And I think Mike Evans, when all is said and done, is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. But you're, you're getting hung up on words if you're getting upset by people saying the Jets are Super Bowl contenders. The Jets were playoff contenders with Aaron Rodgers. And like I said, you go back through the schedule right now, there's at least three games that flip, even with the shoddy offensive line. There's at least three games that flip if Rodgers is playing quarterback instead of Wilson or Boyle or Simeon or anybody else. 1-800-919-3776. More reaction from the Jets losing Sunday. Again, on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Pat O'Keefe Show. It's already wrapped for the Jets. It's already wrapped for the Giants. We'll go around the NFL in a few minutes. We'll have some thoughts on the Knicks also. I'm out here with them in Los Angeles, which is where I'm broadcasting from. Uh, final game tomorrow of the western part of this five-game road trip for the Knicks. They will take on the Lakers. You could, of course, hear that late night on 98.7 ESPN New York tomorrow. Our coverage begins at 10 p.m. For now, it's football, largely Jets, but whatever's on your mind, one 800 919 Three seven seven six. Let's go back to the phones and say hello to Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, what's shaking? Hey Pat, happy holidays to you and your family, man. Always appreciate hearing you on. You and Monica are doing a great job. I listen in the car when I'm working. Really, thanks, appreciate Buddha. It. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, no, Pat, you're 100 percent right when you said um, the job security of Robert Sala a little bit less and more with um, Nate Hackett. Uh, um, based on Aaron Rodgers' feeling. So I think he's more loyal to Hackett than he is to Salah. But the both of those things are really indicative of what the Jets' problem really is going to be moving forward. If you can't get rid of somebody who's doing poorly at their job because the owner, and let's be honest, he's the one who spearheaded Aaron Rodgers coming in, how does that get better? For the team, I mean, he could be responsible for maybe a win or two here and there, but the Jets with Rodgers, forget about going to the Super Bowl, winning the division was always going to be nebulous. You understand what I'm saying? And, it was, you know, no, go ahead, Pat. No, it, it, look, it, it wasn't a done deal, but it was certainly on the table. No, I mean, there was a possibility of it. Yeah. But it wasn't a definite. Absolutely. So, so now, when you look at those two things, that's what's really concerning to you as a Jets fan moving forward is, you know, you have a guy, and I don't want to disparage him at all, and I'm not trying to do that. Who are we talking about guy, now? Are we, talk, are we talking about Salah or Hackett? No, I'm talking about Rodgers. You're talking about Rodgers, you know, okay. I'm talking about Rodgers. You know, when he had better talent, and he was in a weaker division, 
he lost playoff game after playoff game at home. So now, as an older guy, I'm expecting him to come in here and carry the load and carry the weight of a franchise which, you know, hasn't, you know, hasn't been, let's be honest, a legitimate let's be honest. franchise. A legitimate <laughs> franchise. Not about a yes. winning franchise, but they haven't been a legitimate franchise. And when I think about him, it also kind of reminds me, as a New York sports fan, of where we are in terms of a city. You had an owner who had to overpay or, you know, approve overpaying for a guy to be traded here that no other – listen, I heard about all these other teams that were interested. Nobody was taking on that money. So we brought him in here. Why? Because it's very difficult, and this might spread on to other sports. Well, Buddha, here's, NFL. here's why they brought him in here. They brought him in here because they didn't know how to do it any other way. They didn't know how to get a guy in that position. And God knows they've tried, Buddha. They tried going back to Sanchez. He was the fifth overall pick. They tried with Sam Darnold. He was the third overall pick. Zach was the second overall pick. Gino was in the second round. Christian Hackenberg was in the second round. That's in the last 12 years, 15 years that they tried. And none of those things worked except for a brief time with Mark Sanchez because of a terrific defense and some good head coaching. But other than that, they tried. It didn't work. So they don't know how to do it, which is why they kind of had to sell their soul in this case. I agree with you. And listen, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. What I'm saying is, as a sports fan, as a guy who grew up, listen, Pat, I'm 52 years old. I remember when the Yankees were king. The Jets were never on that level. And I'm not trying to even say that they were. But when you look at all the three major teams, Rangers I'll leave out because, you know, hockey is sort of similar to football. If you draft well and you develop well, you can get to a conference finals. You can get to a Stanley Cup. If you draft well and you do well in an NFL team, you can get to, a, 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 you know, an AFC championship game or possibly a Super Bowl. But what's more disturbing to me, and like I said, this encompasses all of the sports in this town, is there was a time when playing in New York meant a lot more than it does now. And that's part of the reason I, I feel that they had to, like you said, overcompensate and bring a guy like Aaron Rodgers in is because forget about the media here. When I say forget about them, I'm not denying that the media here is more scrutinous than it is in other towns. But something happened along the way. I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if you're able to market yourself better as an athlete, no matter what town you're in. But the fact of you know, that you don't need to come to a town like New York to grow your brand, along with the fact that if you get a $300 million contract here, you're only going to get $150 million of that in your true bank account. We're kind of in trouble here. It takes well, here, 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 here's the deal. You make, so, you make some good points. I'll touch on them. And thanks for the call, Buddha. You, you, you make some good points because that is – that's part of it. And, and there's other examples now of New York team. The Yankees just did it. The Yankees just did it with Juan Soto. The Yankees of a generation ago would not have traded so much capital for a, what Soto is right now, a, a rental. 
without locking him up to a long-term extension. Essentially, in all sports, uh, either mandated by the league or television contracts or endorsement deals, there's a bunch of factors that go into it. But the playing field has been leveled. And it's not just enough to be the Yankees or to play in New York. Although right now it seems like um, Yamamoto, the free agent pitcher from Japan, might actually prefer to play for the Yankees because they're the Yankees. But that seems to be a rare example these days. All right. And then not only that, but in some cases it's gone too far the other way where athletes are leery about playing in New York. I mean, Aaron Judge got booed this past year. Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs the year before. This past season, he got booed. And, you know, at the time, he was representative of an entire Yankee offense that was anemic. Players these days are more sensitive than they used to be in all sports. They're more well-off. They're, as a result, more entitled. And therefore, they are not as susceptible to criticism or in some cases coaching. So when they're receiving criticism from fans, which in New York, because of the large volume of people and media outlets and passionate fans, and I'm not saying that we're the only market with passionate fans. Boston has them. Philadelphia has them. Other markets have them, but New York is right up there near the top of the list in terms of fans that are passionate, that if you're not performing well and up to their expectations of you, they're going to let you know about it. The Jets, because of their past transgressions of trying to fill the quarterback position, had to sell their soul to Aaron Rodgers. Now, was it a significant overpay? Look, they're giving up. They had to swap first-round picks last year. They're losing, as it turns out, a second-round pick this year. If Rodgers played enough snaps, it would have been a first-round pick. He obviously didn't, so they will send their second-round pick to Green Bay this season. It's not a significant overpay, but where it's an overpay is the power that Aaron Rodgers now has over this franchise because every single decision that is made in this crucial offseason, because this guy doesn't have much time left. What does he have left? A year? If you're a Jets fan right now and Rodgers wins the division for you, and you go to the divisional round in the AFC. Would you sign for that right now? That's a good question for Jets fans. Would you sign for a division championship and a spot in the divisional round, the second round of the AFC playoffs? You're not going to the conference championship game. You're not going to the Super Bowl. And then Rodgers, at 40-plus years of age, decides he came back from the Achilles injury. He's had a brilliant career. He's going to Canton in five years but he's had enough. Would that be enough for you Jets fans? I mean, the knee-jerk reaction, I think, for most Jets fans is probably, no, that's not enough. We want more than that. And yet, that's fine to want more, but look at what you have had for 13 years. I just went through the quarterbacks that they tried to plug in as the franchise guy. These aren't scrap heap guys. These aren't, I mean, this year's an anomaly with Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon and, you know, Chris Strebler last year. But over the last 13 years, this is high draft capital that they used on Darnold and Wilson and Hackenberg and Smith. And none of them were able to get this team to the playoffs. So to me, as an innocent bystander here, winning the division, getting to the second round of the playoffs, that sounds pretty darn good to me. I'm curious what Jets fans would think about that scenario. Give us a call. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get into the Giants as well. Some Knicks thoughts go around the NFL Week 15. It's Pat O'Keefe until midnight on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is...
is the Pat O'Keefe Show. The Jets won't even get the benefit of a last place schedule next year because the Jets are the second to worst team in the entire AFC. Based on tiebreakers right now, they're actually worse than Tennessee. They have the same record at five and nine. There's only one team in the AFC worse than the Jets, and it happens to be in the same division as the Jets, the New England Patriots. That's going to be a fascinating game, by the way, when the Jets meet the Patriots in New England uh, to close out the season on January 7th. Jets finish the season at home against Washington. That's winnable. Commanders are as bad as the Jets are. The commanders are right there with them. The the difference is um, the commanders have, I would say, better quarterback play right now, considering the offensive line is better than the Jets. Not that much better. Um, So they have the commanders at home. They're in Cleveland on the 28th. That's going to be a Thursday night game. Cleveland's rolling right now. I mean, Cleveland has a chance to win 11 or 12 games. They're already at nine wins this season, and they have three winnable games down the stretch. And then January 7th at the Patriots. And there's just going to be so much meaning on that game for a meaningless game. There's a very good chance it's going to be Bill Belichick's final game. If the Jets can't beat this version of the New England Patriots, something they haven't done in eight years in the regular season, if the Jets can't beat this version of the New England Patriots, then when are they ever going to beat that franchise? And if indeed it is Bill Belichick's last game as the Patriots head coach, what better way to send him out than by allowing him to stick it one more time to his favorite whipping franchise, the New York Jets. But the Patriots, when all is said and done at the end of this season, they're going to get the last place schedule. They're going to be the team playing the last place team in each of the other three divisions during the regular season, which is a significant difference from the team with the third place schedule. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, how's it going? Hey, good evening, Pat. Shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in today about the Knicks, but to just answer your question, as a Jet fan, um, the issue that I'm not okay with the scenario that you proposed, which is like a divisional playoff, a playoff win in a, in a divisional round, is because the the attraction to Aaron Rodgers and getting Aaron Rodgers was he was the guy, he was the quarterback that was going to make a difference when he was facing the other elite quarterbacks in the AFC, which was why we didn't, which was why we passed up on a guy like a Derek Carr, who also could have been a guy that would have won three more games this season. If you kind of look at it from the, from the stats and the numbers, but it, you know, that's neither here nor there. No, so it's, it, listen, that's a, it's a fair point, Jose. I don't know that I a hundred percent agree with it because Carr hasn't been great this season, except for today yeah. when he lit mm-hmm. up the giants, but it's a fair point. No, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, to me, the the point I always bring up is the fact that, you know, the numbers are, are comparing to Zach Wilson, sadly, because it, it, it is what it is. We we knew that putting a 39-year-old quarterback behind this offensive line was dangerous, and we still decided to go on to the season with it. So here's my issue with the Knicks, because uh, I was watching the game, and by the way, you like like um, Buddha said, you and uh, Monica are pretty much fantastic. I was listening, and 
and hearing like Monica's like reactions and everything, she pretty much embodies like what Nick fans are really like um thinking thinking throughout throughout that time while the plays are going on. So my concern with the Knicks, and, and Buddha brought it up earlier, is, is this whole thing with, with Tom Thibodeau, um, the whole offensive set scheming. And to me, it's, it, it, it just seems like it's too ISO-dependent. There's no creativity. And I know that we've been saying this, you know, for the last couple of years, but, you know, this is sometimes what – you know, the expectations of what makes a good coach into a great coach, which is the adjustment phase of this. And we just have to find out a better offensive flow than what's going on because when Brunson is not going to be given the space to operate to score 50 and when they kind of already know the textbook with Randall and RJ and their deficiencies and their flaws, this is going to show up in playoff time where we might actually – possibly lose in, in five games in a first-round series or possibly get exposed in a play-in situation where we might be might be in a play-out. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Thank, thank you, Pat. Appreciate the call, as always, Buddha. The problem with the Knicks right now, first of all, the problem with the Knicks at no point since he became the head coach has been Tom Thibodeau. He, he, is he the best coach in the history of the NBA or in the NBA right now? No, only one guy can – can be that he's on the very short list. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. Just look at what, you know, look at what this franchise was the seven years before Tom Thibodeau got here. He came here, instant credibility, changed the culture. The personnel changed. They brought in the personnel to fit his mold. They went to the playoffs immediately. Okay. Second year, the personnel didn't quite match what he was looking for. They changed it and they were even better last season. And they're uh, trending to being even better this season, although they have a lot of work to do. The problem right now is not the D, is not the offense. The offense, actually, in terms of the history of the Knicks, and I understand you got to take this with a grain of salt because offense is up all over the NBA, all across the NBA. Teams are putting up astronomical numbers, like 120, 130, even 140 points a night being scored by teams at a somewhat regular clip, including last night at the game we did in Los Angeles when the Clippers scored 144 points against the Knicks, but the Knicks scored 122. And I think it's nine games in a row now that the Knicks have scored at least 113 points. The Knicks over the last, I would say three weeks have a top five offense in the NBA. You have Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and RJ Barrett six times already this season. All three of those guys have scored at least 20 points in the same game. And then a couple of times on top of that, Brunson and Randall and Dante DiVincenzo have all scored at least 20 points in the same game. The problem right now with the Knicks is the defense. And as eye-popping as the offensive numbers that the Knicks are putting up, on the other side of the ball and on the other side of the coin, the numbers that they're giving up in terms of opponents' points are equally staggering. And the biggest reason for that right now is the void in the middle left by Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, in the four games that he has missed, and he's going to miss a lot more, he's recovering from ankle surgery that he had this past week, and the initial diagnosis is that in eight to ten weeks, he would be reevaluated. So this isn't a guy who's coming back anytime soon, and the defense has really taken a hit because Robinson was – he wasn't going to be – 
the defensive player of the year, but he is someone who turned himself into a all defensive team contender this season, which is he's always had the ability. Uh, he's always had a unique skill set in terms of protecting the rim and protecting the paint, but he's taken his game to another level this season, which is why it's such a shame that the Knicks are going to have to be without him for a long time. And they haven't figured it out yet. It's been four games. Jericho Sims has been in the starting lineup. Tom Thibodeau likes Isaiah Hartenstein coming off the bench. He might be the best backup center in the league. He's one of the best backup centers in the league, and Tibbs did not want to upset his role. But the Knicks have to figure out this defense because one of two things are happening. With the absence of Mitchell Robinson, the middle is just wide open. And last night, last night was a unique case. It was a late game. I don't know how many people stayed up to watch the Knicks last night or listen to us, but – what happened essentially was James Harden, who is a terrific playmaker. Say what you want about Harden. He doesn't come up big in the playoffs. You know, he's a locker room killer, all a coach killer. All those things are true, okay? But he's also a terrific playmaker. And he just kept driving the lane last night and finding one of the two big men of the Clippers, whether it was Avita Zubats or Daniel Tice. And one of two things happened. Either they were wide open for a dunk or they got fouled and paraded to the free throw line. And then when the Knicks adjusted and tried to cut that off, once again, there were wide open three-pointers available to the Clippers. So the Knicks have to figure out their defense. The offense, not only am I not worried about it, but the Knicks are playing offense at as high a level right now as they have in their last 50 years. And the coach is not the problem. He really, really isn't. Since this little era, now we're in year four of – um Look, the Knicks went to the playoffs. They won the division in 2013, went to the second round of the playoffs, and then they missed it for the next seven seasons. And then during COVID, after that season ended and the Knicks were not invited to participate in the bubble, they hired Tom Thibodeau, and that was the moment that this franchise started to change for the better. Since then, they've gone to the playoffs twice. They missed it once, and they are likely going to the playoffs a third time this year. This franchise is in a good place, and the biggest reason for that is the head coach. It changed there. We'll go around the NFL and some reaction from the Giants loss in New Orleans, a disappointing one at that as we continue on 98.7 ESPN New York.